I don't even listen to his podcast, huh? Dude, it's educational. And besides, I've been wanting to listen to this one. Welcome to Idling in the Impala, a podcast by and for lovers of Supernatural and the fan fiction it inspires. I'm Sandra. I'm Carly. And we have a guest with us today. And I know you're all thinking, why is Carly doing the intro? It's because I found a guest this time. Usually Sandra <laughs> handles this. But a chance meeting on Twitter put me in touch with the lovely Danny, who was very keen to tell me about the thoughts and feelings she had on the direction and especially in the last couple of episodes of Supernatural after the COVID lockdown. So I was like, hi, do you want to come and talk to us about it? And they graciously accepted. <laughs> so we have Danny with us today. Say hi, Danny. Hello. Hi. So thank you very much for joining us for a start off. Sandra, take over. Good Lord. Those are the questions. <laughs> well, I think, Dan- <laughs> I think Danny <laughs> wanted to try to start with um, like when and how you got into Supernatural. I've been into Supernatural for years, but I wasn't really watching it every week with everyone when new episodes came out because I was just busy with life. Mm-hmm. I started uh-huh. really catching up with it when Despair aired, and that was when I started watching multiple episodes a day, trying to be as caught up as I could when the finale aired. And the last two episodes really interested me because in high school, I did broadcast journalism and theater. And I noticed that the last two episodes had a distinct directing difference because they were filmed after the COVID pandemic started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying right after despair, so did you have a lot of episodes to catch up on, like to get, to get caught up? About a season and a half. Okay. At that point. Okay. So not too bad. bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like week like so you could maybe fit one in like a season into like a week's time or whatever mm-hmm. okay i will i will have you know i crammed seven seasons of oh, game no. of thrones into a week i know it's possible time. much yeah but i'm just saying in case you didn't want to have to do like i didn't 24 hours want to have to do that <laughs> I knew that the show was airing and I wanted to mm-hmm. expedite watching episodes so that I could interact with fans and discuss it in a more meaningful right. aspect than, oh, I don't know what's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And probably mm-hmm. not want to get spoiled too. Right. Like yeah. I think it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was, everything was kind of, yeah, those were, a, those were an interesting few weeks. Yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. Carly, when everybody- Carly and D and I, um, our friend D we were, we were watching together and then we would like, but we, we had different times to do it too. So like one of one, someone would watch it first and then we'd be like, well, I'm going to wait until this. So don't talk about it on the <laughs> yeah. chat until we're like all together. And it was, just, it was very hard. It was very hard to figure all that out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you wanted to watch it with your husband. So you'd watch it the day mm-hmm. after I didn't mm-hmm. get it until after midnight UK time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't see it until the next morning anyway. And then D was just off in, Australia time and I don't know where she got it yeah (laughs) just remember going I'm not going on the timeline nobody tell me what's happening on the timeline I haven't watched it yet yeah because it was dangerous I mean you would you just couldn't you couldn't set foot into anything really social media related or you were going to get you're going to get spoiled so it was oh yes I I knew what happened in despair when it aired because it was Mm. trending on Twitter and everybody was freaking Mm -hmm. out about it I don't mind spoilers I just didn't try to spoil myself on purpose, but I yeah. was aware that it was very easy to spoil myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess maybe going back to, cause you were talking about uh, your experiences in theater and broadcast. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like when you were younger and, and how that kind of maybe affected or colored, I guess your view of a lot of entertainment in general, but I mean, in particular, oh, yeah. we could talk about you know, supernatural mm-hmm. as that relates. As for broadcast journalism, I started that my sophomore year of high school and I eventually became the senior editor of the show because I was the one putting everything together on the computer, typing it out, helping the novices as they came into the show, sophomore, junior, senior year. It that it was a little bit of an easier transition than theater, which I initially took to fulfill an elective requirement, but realized I really liked it. I got cast for a play and I did a lot of tech work from sophomore to senior year. So doing the work that I did with theater, it was like I literally got to see how the magic happened and what everybody did behind the scenes to make 
the entertainment that people saw sitting in front of the play or whatever we it was we were putting on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. I, I always find that interesting when people don't really understand all of the nitty gritty, like behind the scenes to put something together, because I know I, over the years, I've gotten interested in, in understanding a little bit about all the different, different parts, you know, the writers, uh, the crew, the um, cinematography, all of those different parts that make something come together. And like, my husband will be like, if I say somebody directed something, he's kind of thinking they also wrote it or so it's, it's just very interesting to, to think about how people don't parse out all of the different pieces that make oh, yeah. something, something work like that. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hearing about supernatural in general and, and the crew and how the close knit, you know, over the years, but you know, that there were like hundreds of people, you know, who had jobs and, and a living, you know, because of a show like that. And it became a consistent a job, a consistent, you know, way of life. And mm-hmm. I always find that interesting too, how much of um, a family they say was built around that too. Did you get that experience even in, even in high school, like the working together with people and feeling very, very close knit, or was it, was it kind of just like, I think you'd said earlier, like you kind of just have to, you know, be very quick on your quick on your feet <laughs> to with work with broadcast people. journalism. Yes. Because a mm-hmm. lot of the people that started with it stayed with it until they graduated high school. We didn't have very many people that dropped out from the daily show. I mean, we had some, but we didn't have very many with the theater for the duration of the play. Yes. We did kind of have some people come and go just because they needed to fulfill elective requirements mm-hmm. or they were in drama club because they thought it would look good applying to colleges. It was less of a family, surprisingly, and for the theater side of it than it was broadcast journalism, but it was still a very enjoyable family. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad I'm glad you had a had a good experience with that. Yeah. You said you did some tech stuff too. So I'm gonna like go straight into before we even get to the COVID part too. Um, because I personally I love the episode fan fiction. Carly does not. <laughs> Never gonna get away from this fucking episode ever. So my question- she makes it fucking comes up on what's the funniest comic episode? Fan fiction. What's your favorite episode? Fan fiction. Carry on. So I'm just, I'm assuming, I, I was never in theater, but I'm assuming maybe someone who was in theater in high school would probably have enjoyed that that episode for lots of reasons. I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about that episode, maybe what you liked, what you didn't. I know that fan fiction was directed by one of the directors that I personally enjoy a lot on Supernatural, and that's Phil Sgriccia. I just think he does a really good job with a lot of different episodes. And in particular, I think he, I think he does well with the outside of the box episodes, the ones that maybe aren't like in the bunker or aren't just like a, like a monster of the week, but have a lot of like maybe bigger feel or a lot of dynamics in terms of the sets or different locations kind of, kind of scenario. So mm-hmm. yeah. Talk, he directed talk a little... the episode where what? Jensen stabbed Jared. Wait a minute, which one did he? <laughs> it was a blooper. It wasn't. He directed <laughs> the, um, the barn showdown with Kane. Um, oh yeah. The, the executioner's word. song, right? Yeah. Yep. So when, when Jensen comes down the stairs, and he mm-hmm. like goes to collapse and Jared catches him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a it wasn't a prop blade that Jensen was holding and just <laughs> gently stabbed him uh, in the knee. Okay. Oh, I remember that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, fan fiction is one of my favorite episodes, but I really appreciate like the campy stuff. Like growing up, I loved Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, and yeah, that woo. was kind of what I compared it to, because if you enjoy the campy stuff, mm-hmm. you'll enjoy off the wall episodes like that I, mm-hmm. so I, I love it but I can kind of see why people don't like it like if they thought MMPR was way too campy then I can see why they wouldn't like it mm-hmm. well for Carly it's there's no singing in Super <laughs> yeah no absolutely pay no heed to my bitching like it's it's just an episode that I don't I, I don't like musical episodes in any TV show like if I want to watch musical things I'll I'll put a musical on so I don't give it gives me all the cringe so ignore my bitching you absolutely (laughs) fangirl away about it I just think there's there's no singing in Supernatural that's all I'm saying (laughs) 
we had had an entire season full of it, I probably would have complained. Or if it had turned from supernatural to being something that it wasn't like something incredibly campy. Mm -hmm. But just for me, one episode was nice and fun and it was certainly entertaining. Mm -hmm. I really liked um I like this the uh the sets, like the props. I was like I, they just I, you know, and I know it's it was for a television show, but I was just impressed by you know, like the oh gosh, the the demon coming out, like the smoke monster and stuff. And yes. it was just like it was what was it? Uh, just like a really big scarf or something that just kept like flying <laughs> out from behind. <laughs> and the car and like just different things like that, or the way they had Mary on the ceiling. <laughs> Yes. it was just it was it was very inventive and I think it kind of captures what it's like to to have to put together just a show that the kids were working on in general and I was impressed by the actors the 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 young actors on you know oh, in yeah. that episode mm -hmm. as well I thought they did a really good job and you know playing Sam and Dean and Cass and you know I mean we got we got a little bit of everybody we got Bobby it was just it was great I yeah, I really did like that episode. But okay, I'll I'll stop fangirling about that one right now. Um, I just wanted to get into too a little bit. Then fast forwarding all the way to the final, um, like the final two episodes. Um, what were your thoughts immediately? Like, was it an immediate thing? Were you was it quite jarring at first? Like, did you automatically go like, oh, this is something feels really off in the directing? of the episode were there a lot of things about the last two episodes or was it mainly just did that play a factor in the overall it feeling felt of like the last it was two? different especially inherit the earth like to me the first thing that jumped out is the blocking because i knew that that was the first episode they filmed after the pandemic started mm -hmm. and if you take the time to watch the entire thing through especially once you know about it you can see that almost all of the characters in inherit the earth are standing as far apart from each other as they can while still telling the story to you and selling the story. I'm not saying that the actors did a bad job mm -hmm. because the actors did do a good job. But if you compare that to other episodes, especially the physical closeness that Sam and Dean have had the entire series through being brothers and being as close as they are compared to when Sam, Dean and Jack are walking down the empty uh, road mm -hmm. and when they're walking around taking inventory of how empty the earth is after Chuck essentially wiped it you can really see that the physical distance between the actors was quite present yeah I did notice that where especially even like the very first scene right like when they're just in the street like usually they would be a lot closer discussing what mm -hmm. was going on but instead they were like definitely six feet <laughs> six <laughs> feet or so apart and yeah you're right like when they were walking like walking away from camera down the street it was yeah. very you you kind of you don't get that feeling of closeness like you would normally do I feel like the only two that were really ever close together would have been Sam and Dean and they probably just had them you know as a little almost like a little pod within the group, I would think that, you know, like, well, you know, Jared and Jensen will probably be closer together, but everybody else has got to keep their distance yeah, it, or, or something like that. Yeah. It, it was like that. They had, they had like little groups of different like crew and cast and you stayed with your sort of people to try and, you know, keep everybody apart. I remember I remember them talking about that. And the only and real it's... exception to that was when um, Jack absorbed Chuck's powers. You can see his arms are just like reaching out as far forward as they'll go so that they can maintain distance and that. It kind of amused me, but I was like, if they had waited to come back, maybe they could have done everything they wanted to do the first time around. Yeah. See, I think I think it's so funny that they, you can see that in the last two episodes where they're like, no, 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 no six feet and then everybody crams on that fucking bridge at the end with no yes. masks and they're all like oh let's breathe each other's air this is gonna be great yeah <laughs> and i'm also figuring now like i mean it never made sense to me before why you would have the bad guys that were vampires have masks on but now i'm like well duh they probably just did that because of covid like they were probably wearing masks behind oh, them yeah. And so that they could actually do those fight scenes and really get 
close, you know, for like that, that last barn scene. Mm -hmm. Now, now that's kind of making Mm -hmm. more sense now, even though I, I didn't like that idea at all, but now I'm like, okay, how do you get around something? Because we all know that was very close. Yeah. I didn't like the masks either on the vampires because that was the very first thing I noticed. I was like, they're wearing masks to hide masks from COVID. (laughs) I just noticed it and I fixated on it mentally the entire fight scene. Oh, gosh, man. Carly has expressed the same sentiment about just wanting to wait, like not understanding why they they didn't. I mean, you can go back and forth with that, too. I think a lot of people probably were just like, well, we've we've got to get this wrapped up. And, you know, Jared was getting ready to start a show. And I'm sure Jensen was, you know, I think everybody was kind of ready to try to move on to other things. But yeah, if they had waited you know, even just a few months longer, mm-hmm. I think they would have had a lot more freedom restrictions would have been loosened, you know, probably a little bit more and there would have been an easier way to get some of those things done. I was amazed that they had so many extras floating around in the background and inherit the earth. I was just like, well, <laughs> they were all six like, feet apart though, but they were there. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a lot of people, you know? And again, that just gets into more questions about the last two episodes too. But um, yeah, so when you say blocking, for those for those who aren't in the know about the term blocking, what what does what does that mean for the for a scene? The position that the actors take and have on the set, and the movement of the actors on the set. Mm-hmm. And who's That's normally in charge of figuring that out? Is it a director, or is it as a director telling somebody block this this way and block this that way? How does that how does that work? I want to say the director, because that wasn't really something that I dealt with a whole lot, mm-hmm. but if they had to change parts of the actual episode, like parts of the actual plot to accommodate, then that probably would have involved more people. Because I know about the group on Tumblr that collects supernatural um, scripts, and I noticed, I think they have one of the scripts of the final two episodes, and I could see on down the line there were changes made after COVID and Mm -hmm. I didn't really look at the um script because I didn't have time to look at the script but I kind of wondered what those changes might have been and how many people would have had to be involved in changes especially of that magnitude like my thing has always been if they should have just waited to come back until they could do everything that they wanted to do like having Kansas in the final episode having um Dean meet up with more people that he was close to that had already died in Mm -hmm. the roadhouse that kind Mm -hmm. of thing do you have um do you have any particularly favorite episodes of Supernatural that you think primarily are due to say the direction because I mean I know we could go on and on about just certain certain episodes we kind of always what yeah (laughs) Richard I'm probably gonna butcher his last name Richard Spite Richard Spate I I love his episodes Mm -hmm. I love the episodes that I don't really connect them to the names of directors but I connect them to what they do in the episodes that they directed the bunker episodes the out of the box episodes Mm -hmm. the ones where they're not doing the same exact thing over and over again like we see Sam and Dean in different situations Mm -hmm. I like the variety even though we know all we all know what kind of show Supernatural is yeah yeah so like Baby in in season 13 where all it's all filmed from the point of view of the car is probably quite a good yes that that one Cause I, every, I know everybody loves that episode for different reasons and the, you know, the night move scene and everything. But I, I was kind of like that it, it all came from the car and you didn't get any, it was all the cars POV. She deserved an episode. She's a yeah. good car. Yes. And I also don't, and I guess I, I should have done a little bit more research too about like the baby, the baby episode. Cause I'm wondering too, like how much that had to do initially from the screenwriter, you know, saying we're going to all, it's all going to be from, from inside baby. And then how does a director, you know, make that, make that happen. And that director, cause that's one of the directors I wrote down on my list was uh, Thomas J. Wright. And I felt that it's kind of great when a director can film something with a very limited amount of resources and still make it feel very like, fresh and fun and come up with all of these different, different ways to 
show you something, but like with, with parameters, like even with uh, Sam and Dean sleeping in the car, right? Carly, I mean, weren't they saying, I think that they had to open up the doors or whatever, like really like to, to let the boys like fit a certain way. Cause they couldn't quite fit like when they were sleeping and they had that upper shot or something. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love the commentary so. on that. If you, if, if you haven't listened to the commentary of it, it's, it's great. Cause it's a director and the screenwriter um, talking about it. And that's just, fucking hilarious. Yeah. That I they were like, they had, yeah, we had I, to open the doors and everything. Cause they wouldn't <laughs> fit. And we had an entire Sam in the back seat, and you didn't see it fucking inch of him no jeans no flannel no hair we're hidden all in the back seat but we couldn't get them both to fit in the car (laughs) i like how some people underestimate how many different versions of baby that there are too because Mm -hmm. they kind of have to cut into the car or take the windows down to get certain shots and people who aren't really in the theater just assume they stick the camera in and call it a day yeah oh no 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 yeah. My husband's actually very like, we, we are doing a rewatch now and um, we're on season three and I know it's like around season three when you lose, I think baby with the spotlights on the side. And I think they took the spotlights off because it just, it was limiting the shots, like in how they could film around that. So they, I think they took them off. 50% that and 50% Jared, was Jared messing with, with it all the time. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see. There are so, that, yeah. <laughs> so many videos where you see them going, "Oh yeah, the car had this and this and this," and they stripped it out because we wouldn't stop fucking around with it. So like, they stripped out like the, the interior, the radios, mm. everything from mm. the cars because anytime you leave those two alone, they're like, oh, "What can yeah. we fuck around with?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are there, so what was it that kind of drew you to Supernatural in the beginning, Danny, like watching the show? Well, part of it was because I, this is going to sound awful, but part of it was because I kind of got bored because I was caring for my mom with chronic health issues mm-hmm. and my mom and dad, because I lived with him and I still live with my dad, paid for Netflix and they're like, you can go ahead and watch whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I started watching it. And it was really funny because my mom had no idea I was watching Supernatural. She turned on Netflix and saw all of my most recent shows. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she literally said, what the hell is all this? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to explain it to her. And, and she literally died on the hill of, I can't believe you like these shows. <laughs> and uh, yeah, me and my mom were like oil and water, basically, but in an amusing way. And mm-hmm. I started watching it, like I said, because I was bored. And then right. I kept watching it and I kept coming back to it, even though obviously life and being busy got in the way of that and I think at one point my mom bought me like one of the single seasons of Supernatural on DVD I don't know if it was like an apology (laughs) or just I was at Walmart here you go but she did oh that's that's cute I love moms being (laughs) anti-supernatural since 2005 I love that. That's, she that's also cute. knew this. I, I try not to drag shipping into it, but she knew about Destiel because she asked somebody about it on the internet <laughs> because I was watching Supernatural. <laughs> and she said something about, I know about the angel and the hunter, so just shut up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even say anything at all. I didn't talk to her about Supernatural other than, yeah, I'm watching it. And then she's like, I know about the angel and the hunter, so just shut up. Oh, goodness. Oh my gosh. So we won't we won't get into we won't get into shipping. But I, I have I have to ask, are you like Camp Dean? Am I carrying the weight of Sam on my own again? Or are you more of a Sam girl? Do you have a preference? I like Dean. Say like <laughs> that's great. That's great. I like I am only teasing. That's awesome. Everybody loves Dean. Sam is fucking heavy. My youngest oh, son no. likes Sam. I've watched several episodes with him on my lap. I kind of go through and try to find ones that are the most child-friendly. He's 12, autistic and Mm nonverbal. He likes Sam, Crowley, and Gabriel. (gasps) That's a good good trio. That's a good trio. It's a very good trio. And Um, he's bought me the iPad before and like literally 
poked Netflix on the screen and held it up like, I want to watch. Oh, that's, that's awesome. adorable. That's awesome. So is there, because we, we actually were just talking about some episodes and that we find like very funny. Are there certain episodes that, that your son likes that are more like on the fun side? And Crowley. what are the, Anything what are the attitudes Crowley. about clowns? He doesn't mind clowns at all. Okay. He's not afraid of them, but he loves Crowley. And I think I joke around and I say he got it from his mama because he literally did. Like the sense of humor is on the nose. Aww. I think Crowley reminds him of me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You can get on board with that. Oh, nice. That. It's the chaotic good kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did oh, you that's, feel? That's cool. So did you also like Crowley or do you now have more of an affinity for Crowley because your son, your a son little bit of Crowley. both. Like I didn't hate him. I've never hated him. But once I noticed that my child was developing mm. an interest in Crowley, I was like, well, he's not that bad. And then <laughs> when season 12 rolled around, I was like, I'm sad Crowley's gone. Yeah. I was going to ask yeah. because I know that was one of the, that was a character we've talked about characters. I mean, just in general, just how they were treated wrongly by the show mm-hmm. but I know um Crowley in particular was was for me one that I constantly I thought was going to come back in one one shape or form or another yes. and was always very surprised that that was the one holdout that never did come back um you know even though they found ways to bring a lot of other characters back but not but not Crowley so and yeah the manner you- of death like knowing that the spell required a human life Mm-hmm. And then just bye, boys, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very... They did, they did him day, and they did Mark day as well, which is kind of worse. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Did you um? Because I know I the storyline with Crowley too. Towards, I felt like they didn't know what to do with him the last few yes. seasons too. So I feel like it was kind of like he was petering out, and not in a way that maybe you know the actor was particularly fond of you know in terms of storyline either but yeah I was I was disappointed in how in how they just kind of like didn't know what to do with him after a while because he was such a great character he would like chew mm-hmm. up scenery and then he was just kind of in the background for the occasional you know quip or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah they took he was like a you know quite a forceful you know and a a, a really authentic bad guy and then they just turn him into like comic relief and then he's wasted on that you need him to be doing something i think they knew that he was going to leave at the end of season 12 but they didn't know how to pace gradually phasing him out of the show Mm -hmm. pacing's a thing with supernatural too (laughs) (laughs) yeah what are your thoughts about the way a season will will kind of like play out i kind of feel like they started getting into this routine of like okay well let's take care of the what we what we had you know, at the ending of the last season, let's wrap it up like within the first three episodes. Then let's throw out a bunch of things that have to get taken care of and then just kind of forget about it. And yes. then let's hurry up and finish within the last two or three episodes kind of thing. It was just like a, they just didn't know when they needed to settle on one particular thing. I think some seasons were just jam packed with way too many things. And then they would just like, I don't know what's the what's the term Carly faff about or whatever like just like let's yeah. just, let's just do a monster let's just do a monster hunt monster like when there were some I think some seasons that needed you know work on the arc or the plot the over like mm-hmm. what's underneath so I don't know if you had any thoughts on that you mean like, I think 15 was jam-packed because they knew that it was ending at 15 so they wanted to impress everyone and then at the very end it's kind of funny they say only 30 percent of people will like the finale mm-hmm. you yeah. mean y'all didn't want a monster of the week episode within the last six seasons of the last no. the last six episodes <laughs> of the last season of the show really i no, was not i, I was not happy that. about that and mm. i season 15 was the least cohesive season for me and as a tech point i mean the the rebar incident just being someone who worked on tech and theater, I, I could tell them like they took a pillow and jammed it up against the rebar. In my head, that's what I'm doing repeatedly. They took a pillow and mm. went bonk. Mm. <laughs> like I, I saw that and that was what my head fixated on. And then like, oh yeah, there's things happening on screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you just can't see past this one really 
like really shitty like visual effect and you're just like oh, yes hell, no yeah no yeah. i oh i don't know what it was about 15 they were like shit we've got so much to wrap up and fix and then they made more questions than they answered with yeah the, with the ending i'm like but, but what about everybody did jack put everybody back what are there still monsters i have questions <laughs> I wonder about the alternate done. universes too, because then that leads into the Winchesters. Did Jack mm-hmm. put all of the alternate universes back, or how does that work? Yeah. Carly exactly. had thoughts on that because I didn't even think about all the other alternate universes besides, like, you know. But yeah, that Carly, what was what was your thought process on on the alternate oh, universe I thing? I can't remember. I think you had said that Jack would have fixed everything but not have understood how much was oh, actually I think it was, there you know what I jack mean? didn't didn't i think it was that jack probably fixed all the au's but he didn't fix the accreda because he didn't know mm-hmm. that they were a thing maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i see i see jack putting everything back together the way it was you know mm-hmm. I don't know. It's all, it's just, it's just too much sometimes. And I get it too, because Supernatural has, you know, grown into this massive, like, world building mess, you know, of stuff. And it's like picking and choosing kind of whenever they need it. But yeah, it, it just kind of like leaves a lot of questions for, for a lot of things. And I think the, I think the final season was, again, like a love letter to, you know, the whole series so i think they you know they made a point of bringing a lot of actors back and directors back and just like you know giving people that oh this is this is this is what the fans the fans will love to see this or the fans will love to see this person or let's 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 make this reference yeah. and i think they mm-hmm. kind of just lost what lost we what plot. we all wanted what we all wanted guys was baby dean being an absolute colossal dick to baby Sam for a whole episode in a flashback within the last like six episodes. Cause we weren't all sitting on the edge of our seats going, fuck, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> and then they're like, I, uh, do you remember that time in the eighties? <laughs> no, I don't fucking care. Actually, I, I wanted to ask Danny on the, on the back of, on the back of the cushion and the rebar. Did you watch the Winchesters? I haven't watched it yet because I told myself that I wanted to wait until the end of season one to see how they sold it being so different from what we know of John and Mary and Supernatural. And everybody kind of went at the beginning, oh, it's going to be an alternate universe, so they're going to do a mind wipe. And sure enough, it was an alternate universe. So I'm I'm kind of torn because I love the cast and I love... Um, they're they're all phenomenal actors, but mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of torn how they just went. Oh, alternate universe that explains everything. Mm-hmm. Oh right, I was I was going to ask what you what you thought about the um, the visual effects and the the makeup and costumes and everything because uh, oh boy they were um... oh, <laughs> not yeah. much better than what I think you know Supernatural was doing towards. <sighs> well, there's yeah. two things that I noticed: the orange kind of glow on everything you could see that in like when they uh, made uh, this kind of summary of season one and put it on YouTube and then when the demon goes rolling and you see her uh, cord behind her for like a whole half a second I'm like that never got edited out at any point I was laughing about that I was practically rolling on the floor laughing I was laughing hysterically over that when I saw it do you know Carly what what Ted caught in one of the episodes was that there was an episode where they were in a carnival. There was nobody on any of the rides. Did you clock that in the, in that one episode, Carly? I can't say I did. Cause Ted no. was like, nobody's in any of them. <laughs> like maybe liability insurance are just like, let's just put oh some things gosh. there, but let's not have anybody ride them. So but yeah, you just, do you know, all I can, that's all what I, can I was think. thinking too. But I mean, at that point, it's like so much stuff was it's, being allowed to happen that. Yeah, it's I done. Don't know. So all, all weird. I can think genuinely, all I can think is like the, the Winchester's finale was filmed in like 20, 2020, I think uh, the supernatural finale. 
the Winchester's obviously filmed over the last few months and stuff. And I'm like, all I can think of is when I rewatched the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie with my mm-hmm. husband mm-hmm. a few months ago. And at one point, Robert England goes over like the banister of some stairs and you see him <laughs> land on the mattress. Like they don't even try to cut it out of frame or anything. It's like right there, yeah. the mat yeah. that he lands on. And I'm like, we've come nowhere. It's been like <laughs> 40 odd years. We've moved nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, no, you will have to let us know if you do end up watching the Winchesters, what you think about all the, um, especially the monster design, because it was, oh, so bad. Yeah. I've heard about that. Like, I've kept kind of up to date on the general things that happened. I I know about the golem. I know they used a golem in one episode, and Mm -hmm. the way they handled that was just so substantially different from the way Supernatural handled it. And they were Mm -hmm. like, they could have leaned mm-hmm. on the supernatural episode, which was, in my opinion, very well written. And mm-hmm. the Winchesters yeah. is just way off base. Yeah. And now they can kind of get away with it by saying, well, you know, alternate universe. So oh. rules are a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I spent the whole, Sandra was sick of hearing it because I, I waited like in the middle of the Winchesters um, for like quite a few episodes. So then I was like, right it's the season finale like this week and we're gonna watch we're gonna watch so she was just getting messages that were just like and this is fucking wrong and that's fucking wrong and why is it like this and oh they just subbed this out for this and that's not how ghost possession works so <laughs> they just obviously they all knew that it was meant to be an au but i'm just like oh you could have filled the rest of us in a lot of needless rage <laughs> could have been prevented i wouldn't have screamed so much about so much stuff if i'd have known yeah i mean oh carlos and the hair thing um i thought it was cute <laughs> even though i knew it wasn't wasn't something yes. did, but i thought i thought it was cute i like the hair cur- i felt like a hair commercial to me just <laughs> don't like- get me wrong i love carlos i love his hair i love everything about it but vampires aren't weak to holy water yes exactly <laughs> and people who are possessed by ghosts you can't have a chat with the ghost it's not a demon possession you can't just be like oh no i would like to talk to the deceased spirit that is inhabiting your body <laughs> the accreta were basically demons they just stubbed that it oh don't even get me started yeah yeah danny Back if you do ever if you do ever watch you'll have to let us know what you think um but it's yes i i think Overall, I felt like it was just, if at the end, it's almost like watching all of it for the final episode kind of just felt like a fix it Mm. for those of us who maybe weren't particularly happy with the ending to Supernatural, at least for, I think, maybe Dean, you know, Jensen, Jensen's wanting something for like some finality, not really, but you know a different way for Dean's story to, I guess, continue maybe mm-hmm. like in a way that um, Supernatural mm-hmm. didn't really give, I think. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's um, lots of opinions. <laughs> lots of opinions. Yes. Yes, indeed. Lots of feelings and opinions. Do you feel like the maybe theme of it overall changed with the direction? Like maybe from the first few seasons to maybe like towards the end, how it was yeah. filmed. Like seasons one through three were pretty phenomenally different than 13, 14, and 15. Like none of them were so awful that they would have made me stop watching the show. But like one of the things that kind of got me was you could watch the pilot, you could watch the very last episode. And if you knew nothing else about Supernatural, you would not be that confused. And <laughs> that kind of got me. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's mainly because of Sam and Dean. I think if you were going to yeah. do that, I actually did do that with my husband. Like once I was like, let's just watch the pilot and then let's watch the finale. You see, I think a through line there, which is really just the brothers um, when you, when you kind of get down to it um, with, with that part of it at, at least the, at the bare minimum. And you don't think about the vamp vamp mimes. <laughs> all that stuff yeah yeah but I do think like there felt like it was just more moody I I know that one of the directors Kim Manners he like 
in the first few seasons, he was also like a director of the X-Files. So I feel like a lot of those episodes kind of like emulated that gritty, dark, you know, like the shadows, lots of shadows. And then all of a sudden you get into like maybe six, season six, season seven. And it's like, hey, bright. <laughs> everything's mm-hmm. bright. Yeah. Everything's, everything's, everything's like not, not sunny, but at least a little bit, a little bit brighter than I think the, the first few seasons. So. No, I think my only my only question is obviously Jensen's quite quite famous for directing a few episodes of Supernatural. Just like anything about his directing style that you're like, mm, yes, all of that, get more of this, or just <laughs> any thoughts on Jensen as a director in general? Because I find it interesting. He didn't direct any episodes of The Winchesters. I just went and checked, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this was your baby. Maybe you know. I think he was too busy doing it. <laughs> I did like the episodes he directed, especially I think what was the name of it? Atomic Monsters, the one in season fifteen with the Mm -hmm. gritty red, Mm -hmm. and you can see at the very beginning of the episode he's got a beard. He he's thematically different from later on in the episode. Like you can definitely see the contrast between him at the beginning and then normal Dean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to find the the name of the episode he directed was it so, yeah soul survivor is mm. my favorite mm-hmm. of with demon dean because god damn does he know how to direct himself <laughs> i mean i guess he, you can't go wrong with directing him so i think he just knows you know you could any angle is gonna work um but yeah soul survivor and i think one of the things too was like any any episode that he did direct usually he didn't have a big big role in so i think soul survivor soul survivor was maybe the one that he had like the most acting to do in any of the episodes that he was mm. in there might have been um yeah, there was like that one that i really didn't like too much it was called heartache uh in season eight storyline was yeah he was he looked really good in it i think he was wearing a white white shirt in one of those one of the scenes that he directed again can't go wrong with that but um but yeah, weekend hmm. to Bobby's like Sam and Dean were kind of like in the, you know, they in were the, the background, B, they were the B yeah. plot, and it was all mm-hmm. about uh, Bobby Rufus and stuff. And I think he did a great job for a first first go round with Weekend at Bobby's. That was oh yes, that too. It was a really mm. good one, really good one. Yeah, that one, Soul Survivor, and yeah, Atomic Monsters. Just for anything, just that that first scene was really really impressive. I like the. I like the singles. I like the the long single shots when you can do that with actors and the director can really pull that off. I kind of find that impressive. I almost felt like he was doing a little, like maybe an homage. I don't know if anybody's ever watched like Daredevil, but I remember like those scenes um, in the Marvel show on Netflix, like there'd be long shots that they would, you know, down a hallway or going down the stairs, like action scenes. And I felt like he was kind of doing his own little version of that and really good job with the choreography and everything and just and handling the movements and stuff with the actors that that takes a lot to be able to act and direct you know direct the scene and then be able to like reset and get back to okay I have to remember this this and this and tell this person this and and do all that so yeah yeah he's, mm. he's done he's done a pretty decent job mm-hmm. he's a pretty good director pretty good director yeah yeah but no that was that was my only thing you got any sort of final thoughts Danny Another humorous thing I kind of noticed as a theater kid, well, a few of them, I I kind of noticed that some people overestimate like sets, like they think you can just walk on a set or like walk in the bunker and all of the bunker is there Mm. instead of like just cutaways. I noticed that Mm -hmm. and Mm. they kind of, I don't know if it's overestimate or underestimate the light, like when I was doing uh, makeup for some of the plays, we would get some males who you basically had to convince to allow them to, for them to allow you to put on um, foundation and um, so that the lights wouldn't wash them out. And you had to explain mm-hmm. that to them. And mm-hmm. some of them did not understand for the life of them that you have to wear makeup on set. Like, yeah, it looks so good on television. Mm-hmm. They didn't think like, anybody wore makeup on set and that was those were just a few amusing things that I picked up from theater yeah and I think I mean 
um, Dean makes reference to that in The French Mistake. And it's like, you know, yeah, like, I'm a painted, I'm a painted horror. <laughs> like, he's just amazing. He's got a makeup put on him. And we were talking about cutaways. One of the episodes I we just watched in season two, Hollywood Babylon, which was on a, on the set of like a, a horror movie. And I think one of the scenes, the way it ends or the way the gag at uh, part of it is just like the, they go into what they think is a cabin, but then they, and they think they're, they've locked themselves away from the ghost, but then the, uh, the camera pulls back and you see that there's literally no, (laughs) there's no backside to the cabin. It's all open (laughs) because there's a big cutaway to it. And the guys are like, ah, crap. (laughs) What do we do now? So that kind of thing. So yeah, I like how, I guess like the, the magic of it kind of gets, broken down too and you know the and in the meta way that they explore certain episodes too i think they kind of give you that insight so that's that's always fun that's always fun too yeah like they do the set so well you think you can literally just walk on them and they're Mm -hmm. all completely there Mm -hmm. oh but my heart was breaking and i mean i still don't i mean i i'm sure there's a reason behind it but just the the demolishing of the bunker in general like all of the pieces just getting like torn and broken and that to me is just like i was like why wouldn't they try to salvage pieces of that to eventually go somewhere you know like i would think you'd want to they did they did because they gave they gave i know jared has a um a piece of the bunker along with um a call sheet and his his little tape marker and stuff so Mm -hmm. they did give away parts of it to mm-hmm. certain people. Yeah, but. but I'm I would guess I was thinking more like in terms of um like almost like a museum. Like I don't know, I've been to like the Titanic exhibit, right? And like there's like the whole staircase thing that's like, you know, so it's like something somebody could actually interact with you think that it, would still be a part of it, you know? Like even the stair thinking like Hobbiton. Yeah. When they remade Hobbiton for the Hobbit and they yeah. made it to be real and you could go and yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i mean i Where know they could they always it, rebuild though? it i don't know i mean universal they're gonna ship, universal... It, ship it down to the ackles garage well universal studios like... isn't that owned by warner brothers and warner i think uh cw i don't know i just if you can do a harry potter and stuff why can't you make like a little supernatural harry potter <laughs> is worth so much I money. know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, w- I know. I would go to Supernatural World I would. over Harry Potter World. I would. Supernatural day. Village, Supernatural Town, Supernatural whatever. I would go. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it would have it been nice if they'd have been able to make that in a way that, you know, maybe you could have gone and taught it or something mm-hmm. afterwards. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that mm-hmm. note, now I've made everybody sad. I apologize. <laughs> that is just that, like, that is not how any of this, you can't do that. That's not, it's in about 17 different pieces. There's not one whole room in the thing. Oh. Well, Danny, I'm, I want to thank you for coming, coming on. Yes. Um, thank you so much. And talking to us about directing and, and supernatural and, and all that good stuff. And if we have another certain topic that you might be interested in coming to talk about, we will certainly like reach out and see see if you're interested. Mm-hmm. That uh-huh. works. Good. Awesome. Good. Sounds good. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you for joining us. Have a good mm-hmm. evening. You too. Bye. Bye. So it's only an hour. Which you is get good. you get to go us. you get to go to sleep after we do. <laughs> get to go to bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So we want to thank Danny for coming on and talking to us about Supernatural. I want to thank Carly Educating for staying us. Up, staying up so late. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It is, um, for anybody who is curious, it is currently half past three in the yeah. morning and I will, I will stress again. I have had no sleep. <laughs> I slept for about, I think I saw maybe like 2.48 in the morning. Aww. Like, last night and then i was up again at like half a six and i was like i'm gonna i'm going to go back to bed and then i didn't end up going back to bed and then i went back to bed in the afternoon you are a trooper and then there was just other things that happened so i had to get back up and then i maybe got like another couple of hours so the the plan was for this podcast i'll tell (laughs) you 
the plan was to nap, but then every time I thought about napping, I was like, yeah, but I could just do this. Yeah. And then yeah. by the time I was done with all my just do this, it was like 1 a.m. And I was like, well, I'm going to just Wow. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you to Danny for coming and educating us because I know nothing. Everything I know about behind the scenes comes from like the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit extras. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my whole experience. Yeah. All right, I'm starting to I'm 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 starting to fade too. So we're definitely gonna wrap up this episode. Um, <laughs> oh no, what time is it for Sal? Is it half ten? Oh, I know. I was I, I'm suffering so badly with this. Hey, my <laughs> my almost 50-year-old ass <laughs> too well. Um, so we'd love to hear your thoughts if you have any favorite episodes, favorite directed episodes, favorite directors. Feel free to let us know your thoughts on that. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at idlinginthimpala at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at idling in the letter D Impala. If you'd like to make your voice a mail, check the descriptions for a link to send us a voice message. You can find links to our personal socials and our AO3 accounts in the description. And there's also a link to my author website with my original fiction. And we have a website now, guys. It's like Yay. a whole website just for us. Yay! So check out idlinginthimpala.com. That is where all of our merch will be um, going forward. We actually, at time of recording, have new merch. And Mm -hmm. if you have a con coming up and you think, I want something interesting to wear in my photo op with Jared or Jensen, we got you. We got (laughs) shirts that say, I hug Jensen in this shirt and I hug Jared in this shirt. And if you are of a creative bent in any particular way, we also have well, it's my it's my writing um sort of I can't think of the word because it's really late. Your mantra? But like my, my mantra, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um my my work, my stories, my fix are finished when I fucking hate them. <laughs> when I can't stand to look at it anymore and I hate it, that's when it's done. So we have that on the shirt as well. It's finished when I hate it. And that could be if you're like a writer of fanfic, original fiction, anything, any kind of creative, we got the shirt for you. So idlingandmeimpala.com, that is where you will find us. And all our merch is there. There's some behind the scenes information about me and Sandra. There's YouTube stuff, Spotify stuff, you know, all the social links, all that good stuff. So go and check it out. Let us know what you think of the website. Let us know if there's anything you'd want to see on there or, you know, something that it shouldn't be. Let us know. Feedback. Also, don't forget, like, comment, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Wherever you access your podcasts, you know, give us a thumbs up or the equivalent thereof wherever you are. And especially if you're on YouTube, guys, give us a give us a like and a comment as well it really helps with the algorithm gets the scene you know all hail youtube algorithm gods and also good lord this outro is going on forever <laughs> in the description you will find the current causes that we are championing check them out if you can if you're able if you wanna maybe give a little bit of a donation times are hard right now every little bit helps and with that we will say thank you for joining us in the back seat and we will see you next Bye, guys. Bye-bye.